had to rethink everything about how we do business. It's almost like a meteor hit the entire planet. It's chaos, complete chaos. For businesses, large and small. No revenue coming in whatsoever. Coronavirus represents an unprecedented challenge. From Fortune Media, this is reInvent, a podcast about fighting to thrive in a world turned upside down. I'm Adam Lashinsky, Fortune's executive editor. And I'm Beth Coet, a senior editor at Fortune. On this podcast, Adam and I bring you stories of businesses and the people working for them trying to meet the demand of this moment we're in. It's all happening right now as we speak, and the stakes couldn't be higher. Okay, Beth, I want you to imagine something for me. Let's say you've worked at the same company all your adult life. You're bright, you're personable, you're talented, your bosses notice you. They give you more and more responsibility because they're grooming you for a big leadership position. And when the CEO retires, they choose you. And two weeks into your new job, you stand up in front of all your colleagues and you tell them, We have got to change and change profoundly. Okay, so this seems pretty gutsy. That's right. And this is what Bernard Looney did this past February. He'd just been made the CEO of BP, one of the world's biggest oil and gas companies, and he basically said to his employees, we need to face the facts. The world does have a carbon budget, and it is running out fast. He goes on to basically say BP needs to join the fight against climate change. It can't be the big, bad oil company anymore that profits while the world burns. The reality is we are seen by many as a source of the problem, and we're still an obstacle to solving it. So what is Looney proposing? In this speech, he announces that BP plans to become carbon neutral by 2050 or earlier. We'll still be an energy company, but a very different kind of energy company. And this isn't going to be easy, but nothing worthwhile ever is. This sounds like a very big deal, but what does it actually mean? It seems ironic for a company that makes money emitting carbon to aspire to be carbon neutral. That's right. BP is at a real crossroads. And to answer your question, Beth, I'm going to get a little help from our colleague, Vivian Walt. You know, funnily enough, the pandemic has opened up some great opportunities for us journalists. She's a foreign correspondent for Fortune in Paris. She really gets into the nitty gritty of when companies are making major strategic shifts. In this case, she dug really deep on how the company that once was known as British Petroleum is trying to move beyond oil and gas. BP at the moment adds about 415 million metric tons of carbon into our atmosphere globally every year. That's a lot of emissions. For example, the city of Houston adds 3 million metric tons. So we're talking about, you know, more than 100 times that amount. What it needs to do within 30 years is take out the same amount of carbon emissions as it's putting into the atmosphere. This seems like a tall order. How do they do it? How do they actually take carbon out of the atmosphere? 
Well, it's not so much about taking carbon out of the atmosphere as it is putting less carbon into the atmosphere. So when you dig into their strategy, what they're actually saying is that they're going to make a massive investment in renewable energy at the same time they're making less of an investment in oil and gas. It's not that they're going to stop producing oil and gas. It's that it's going to become a smaller mix of their revenues. Specifically, Viv reports that in the next five years, BP will increase its investment in renewables by eight times from where they are right now. By 2030, that figure will be 10 times. It sounds like a lot, but bear in mind that BP currently only invests about 3% of its capital expenditure in low-carbon renewables. Um so it's starting from a very low base. Can we assume that oil and gas companies know what they're doing here? It seems to me that it's clearly not as simple as just throwing money at the problem. Oh, I totally agree. What they know is drilling oil and gas. So we really have no way of judging how good they'll be at this brand new field of renewable energy. BP has a very long history of oil and gas production starting in the Middle East. And this is what they've done for more than a century. They have basically pumped gas and oil out of the ground and sold it at BP gas stations across the world. Change up to BP Super. It makes your car more willing. Gives more energy, gives more miles for every shilling. They have not been in solar or wind or hydropower until now. So people are rightfully skeptical about their abilities to pull this off. The other thing to keep in mind is that in order to get to this carbon neutral goal by 2050, is that while they're investing more in renewables, they'll invest relatively less in their old line oil and gas business. And here's the striking thing. They intend to cut by 40% oil and gas production within the next decade. That's a lot of assets to not be producing. Um, It's potentially a lot of assets it currently has on its books that it's simply not going to drill. It cannot get to net zero in any other way. The arithmetic simply doesn't add up. So on the topic of reinvention, Beth, this is really quite radical. I mean, BP is setting out a long-term goal for itself that has it stepping away from the very thing that has accounted for its century-plus very profitable success. They have a bunch of investments they're simply not going to capitalize on, namely the oil and gas deposits that they control that are in the ground. It may not be the best analogy, but it'd be a little bit like a farmer not harvesting the crops in the fields. Okay, that definitely does not seem like an intuitive business decision. curious about the business decision here for BP. They've committed to an extremely bold plan for carbon neutrality, but they seem like they have a long way to go to make it happen. And in the meantime, 
they'll have to stop or at least reduce drilling for oil and gas. Looney has been crystal clear that BP isn't getting out of the oil and gas business. But to answer your question, does it make sense for BP to make these massive investments and to be disinvesting from oil and gas? Viv says the bottom line is informing this decision-making. Let me play you just a little bit of our conversation. Let me ask you the multi-hundred billion dollar question. Why is BP doing this? Well, obviously, it's not simply out of the goodness of of its heart. Um, It is still a profit-making, publicly traded, giant, multinational corporation, and we shouldn't forget that. But... In talking to Bernard Looney, the new CEO, he is quite convinced that the investors are simply not on the side of oil and gas in the long term, and he seems to have a good argument. What does she mean that he seems to have a good argument? Well, Viv's perspective is that Looney sees it's fairly clear the writing is on the wall that we're going to have to do something about climate change and that consumers want less pollution. So BP is playing into all of these business factors in making this this bold decision. So Adam, you have not pointed out yet the elephant in the room, which is that COVID has basically sent oil markets into turmoil. Exxon just posted its biggest quarterly loss in history, And it was even worse over at Chevron. These very large international oil companies have to pivot their portfolios to embrace what's known as the energy transition if they're going to stay relevant. I mean, earlier this year, we saw the price of oil was was negative. It's kind of unbelievable. In a perverse way, this bad situation for the oil and gas industry plays into Looney's hand a little bit. I mean, he can say, look, Times are bad. We're having a hard time making a profit. I mean, ExxonMobil got kicked out of the Dow Jones Industrial Average because it hasn't been doing well for years. And he can say, look, people, this is the plan we need for the next several decades. You don't need to be a genius to see we're in a little bit of trouble here. Right. And I I do think we are going to continue to see more disruptions to markets. I mean, COVID is really just a, a taste of that in a way. I asked Viv what she thought of BP's mindset in making these decisions right now. It it almost feels to me like a company that made its bones in the radio business, but understands that radio is slowly going away, and we better invest in things like television and maybe even microwave ovens and so on. You know, um, it's it's curious, Adam. I mean, this has been one incredible year, of course. Um, And one tends to forget that back in January, which was, you know, the sort of, in some ways, the the opening salvo of 2020 was the letter by Larry Fink um, from BlackRock, who basically spelled out that companies had a very stark choice to either join the fight against climate change or to effectively begin a slow decline, and that this would um, inexorably become more and more the case as the older 
generation phases out and the new generation of young climate activists, the ones that are marching all in cities all across the world, become big investors and CEOs themselves. And this kind of message was very loudly heard um, within a lot of companies, but specifically within BP. It's interesting she brings up Larry Fink's letter here. I mean, you might not think much about an investor letter, but you know, BlackRock is the world's largest asset manager. This letter that Fink puts out every year is extremely influential and very closely watched. And he's saying that climate change will disrupt financial markets. I believe in the science, but I did not write it as an environmentalist. I wrote the letter as a capitalist. And my job... Yeah, and it's not just investors. It also has to do with BP's employees. Viv spends a considerable amount of her piece talking about how the workforce of BP is one of the many constituencies that Bernard Looney is playing to here. He needs to be able to say, in particular to young people, you can feel comfortable working for this company, um, even if our older image didn't appeal to your moral construct of your career and your life. For this podcast, Vivian let us listen in to her interview with Bernard Looney. He told her that business as usual just won't be acceptable. And our employees, I think, were increasingly becoming anxious about what I would describe as their personal purpose being somehow misaligned with the corporate purpose. So there's clearly a shift happening in public opinion. Young people are rightly very concerned about the world they're inheriting. This is no longer a niche issue. And it makes sense to me that it would be hard for BP to keep recruiting talent without taking a greener approach to business. And of course, it's not only that he's trying to steer away from negative things. I think it's fair to say that Looney genuinely believes there's a business opportunity here. Trillions of dollars will get spent rewiring and replumbing the Earth's energy system. And I believe that presents an enormous opportunity to actually um, play a very important role in that and generate a strong and a great return for our investors while doing good for the world. I can't help but wonder if this is another case of greenwashing. It really sounds all too good to be true. Isn't it a little convenient here that they're going to make money hand over fist all while saving the world from the perils of climate change? Well, that's a perfectly legitimate question and an important one. If you've been thinking to yourself, haven't I heard something like this from BP before? Well, yes, you have. They have tried to recreate themselves before. People will remember that in the late 90s, they um, created a big advertising campaign which said that they were, quote-unquote, beyond petroleum. Beyond darkness, light. Beyond petroleum, BP. They changed their name from British Petroleum to BP, 
and they had ads, you know, globally pronouncing themselves to be forward thinking, you know, on the side of climate science, very focused on renewables. And really, the campaign went nowhere. And I think even with the the small change in image that they'd managed to muster, a lot of that went out the window with Deepwater Horizon. It was a harrowing ordeal as workers scrambled to abandon the rig. Most made it to lifeboats. Some jumped more than 75 feet into the ocean. That's right. The largest spill of oil in the history of marine oil drilling operations. Over 200 million gallons of oil gushed from the seafloor over three months into the Gulf of Mexico. The search for the missing will continue through the night. And as I mean, this was a disaster that lasted 87 days and killed 11 people. So BP has really laid out these ambitious goals. Let's say that they are being authentic here. Let's say that this isn't greenwashing. Is this still too little too late for us? In effect, climate scientists are saying, if we want to avoid catastrophic climate change on our planet Earth, we are going to have to get to net zero by 2050 at the latest. Now, others are jumping in California's Governor Gavin Newsom has said that gasoline-powered engines will be banned in the state by 2030. The UK government has put out a similar goal for 2035. But we don't even know how long Looney's going to be in the job. That's right. And this is the problem for a big company like BP. You have a CEO on the one hand putting out very long-term goals, and yet we just know the way things go in the corporate world. If he doesn't achieve his near-term goals, um, there'll be another CEO of BP. Our show is produced and edited by Wyatt Orm. Music is by Brian Campbell of Signal Sounds NYC. Executive producers are Mason Cohn and Megan Arnold. Reinvent is a production of Fortune Media.